What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? That was really, really loud. And welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, your one and only Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That is you guys by the fans. That is us. As always, hold on, Paul. Intro and outro music by Oceans Over Airplanes. Check them out on OceansOverAirplanes.com. So we have been away for a few weeks and Paul and I were texting, chatting earlier today and said, hey, we should get a pot out. Came up, with a, came up with a nice little rundown, but then the Suns went out and today announced that they were hiring Igor Kokoskov. Did I say it right? Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> we'll as, learn. As the you. 19th head coach in the history of the Phoenix Suns. So our whole rundown went completely out the window. <laughs> then Paul came back to me and said, you know what, Justin? I think I have an idea. I think I have a guest for our pod instead. My interest was piqued. And sure enough, Paul came through, secured that guest. So this week, we have a special guest with us. Somehow, it's been two years and we haven't had him on before. Not yet, but there's a first time <laughs> for everything. He's a rugged maniac runner, a cool k- kick wearer, and a get-off-my-lawn yeller. But most importantly, he is one of Paul's top three favorite members of the Solar Panel Podcast and the top managing three. editor of <laughs> your source for all things Phoenix Suns. That, of course, is Bright Side of the Sun. That's right. Our guest is the one, the only Mr. Dave King. Dave. Oh, I'm sorry to disappoint everybody. They were hoping for Tim or Greg. <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't want to insult anybody by saying, you know, that you're the top guy on the podcast. So I figured I'd say top three. It seemed fair, right? I think I'm the tallest. There you go. So technically you are the top. I think I'll go for that. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah the best go. facial there hair. As long as I'm on a step. I do. I do. I <laughs> do. You're, you're distinguished. You're at least tied for Silvery. first in pronunciations, so <laughs> we can keep we can keep rolling That's with that right. if we want. I mean, we, we, <laughs> uh, so anyway, Dave is here with us this episode to help break down the Kokoskov hiring. Did I say it right? We're, we're working on it. I'm just going to keep asking that every time I say his name. But Yeah, that's not going to get annoying at all. No. You know what? If I'm here to do anything, Dave, it's to annoy people. <laughs> and believe you me, I feel like I've accomplished that goal over the past two years it's been, Paul. Two years. Hey, yeah. I'm still here somehow. Yeah. He's, you know, it's you know. really been two years? Yeah, we've been doing this for almost two years now. Well, I well, guess less two than seasons. two years. Yeah, two seasons. We started at the beginning of... Seven, 16, 17. Yeah, we got we started with the with Earl Watson. Really, we started with Earl Watson. <laughs> Man, we don't. You say, guys have yeah, been around for almost forty five wins. Yeah. <laughs> Ho- hopefully, well, hopefully forty five exactly. Hopefully, in the next uh, you know year, maybe we'll get even closer to you know doubling that. Maybe we can. Yeah, cross a hundred over the next two years. <laughs> two years. Huh? Paul, Paul setting, Paul, Paul oh, coming in on the podcast of optimism bar. with the pessimistic point of view. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not expecting a 55-win season next year. You're going for 104 years total. Yeah. yeah. So at least, at least 55 wins in the next two years. Yeah. That's a high bar, man. I know it's a high bar. But, I mean, if Igor doesn't pan out... <laughs> why don't why don't you want to say his last name? Because I'm not re- I'm not practiced enough. <laughs> it's written right there. Look, yeah, it's, I've it's always everywhere I've always where said it's underlined Kokoskov. in red on this rundown. That's his last name. I've always said Coco Scott. 
but I think it's Kokoskov. Kokoskov. I'm not. I, I like. Yeah, just add the bird effect into it, and that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> right. I'm not gonna lie. Right. I actually had to look up how to pronounce it, and um, who was it? Uh, and you're the one still asking. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I always like to confirm when I do things. I deny. <laughs> <laughs> so. At any rate, uh, just to give those listeners out there a little bit of a, a background on Kokoskov, I know I'm saying it right now, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna be confident moving forward. Uh, he he's been an assistant in the NBA since 2000. He was the first non-American to be hired as a full-time assistant in the NBA. I don't know. Did you guys know that? Yes. He's the first non-American in assistant in the NCAA and the NBA. That's true. Yeah, I actually knew that back when he was an assistant for the Suns. They were all excited that he got uh, hired, and, and he was the first full-time assistant in the Suns when he worked for Gentry's. Or was it Gentry's or was it D'Antoni's team? Oh, it was, ten, it was, it was D'Antoni, I think, yeah, he, he worked uh, for. Yeah, he, he actually – did you know he worked, uh, worked for Quinn Snyder back at Mizzou? Yes, I saw that earlier as well. So learn all kinds of stuff today. That's how you get. That's how you get jobs. You know, in the NBA is because you worked with a guy earlier. You know, a guy who knows a guy, or knows a girl who knows a girl. So absolutely, that that made total sense. Just just work for all the right people at some point along the way. Well, he's got 18 years in the NBA, so he's worked with a lot of all the right people. Yep. Yeah, yeah. In and fact, it wasn't, wasn't like he on? Teams. Wasn't he on Borrego's Magic coaching staff? Yeah, thirty games. That's why he's yep. got the twenty fifteen on his resume with the Magic. Because when Skiles got fired, Borrego got promoted, and I think he brought Kokoskov onto was, the bench. Right? Was was mm-hmm. that was that? Yes, that yeah. is right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, he, he, so, and that's interesting because the Suns interviewed Borrego. Yeah. And actually, Nick Nurse has some connections <coughs> in Phoenix. Somehow, I'm not exactly sure the exact details, but his name was being bandied about as an assistant coach uh, a few years ago before he went up to Toronto um, as a guy who deserved to have an assistant coach job. I believe uh, Nurse might have been the head coach of the D League team. When it might have been in either Albuquerque or Iowa, but anyway, um, Kokoskov probably remembers working with Nurse. So I'm just wondering. The reason I'm I'm riffing like this is because I'm wondering if some of the guys that the Suns have talked to in the past week had anything to do with Kokoskov trying to fill out his staff. I wouldn't hate Borrego. I would. I would love Borrego. I don't. Yeah. Unless, <laughs> I guess it would be an uh, a promotion if you make him assistant head coach, right? Sure. Associate head coach. Sure. Um, otherwise, why would he leave the Spurs? Right. But like a guy like a Nick Nurse, uh, someone like that. So it's it's just interesting. Some of the lower end names or more obscure names we heard in the past week. Um, they, you know, the Suns are saying that they fell in love with um, Igor. A few, just a few days ago, mm-hmm. but it's, his name's been kind of bandied about for a long time. Sure, and he and has of a course, history. people in the organization know him. Yeah, exactly. So I am wondering if some of their interviews had anything to do with potentially filling out his staff. Right. I mean, he's. De- I mean, because he's definitely an uh, offensive coach. That's where his strength is, and mm-hmm. you know, the Suns really do need some help on defense. So it'll be interesting to see what they c- kind of do to bring in that defensive coordinator type of assistant coach. I, right. I can't remember who I saw. Some one of the folks over on Suns Twitter had uh, mentioned the possibility of 
if he ends up not getting a position, Steve, bringing in Steve Clifford as possibly that defensive coordinator yeah, type of guy. I, was, I, I, mean, I think I, I was kind of thinking about that at one point. I'm sure other other people were too, but and Clifford certainly uh, has shown that he, he gets a little bit too stressed as a head coach. I think because he took what uh, two or three weeks off this past year from mm-hmm. coaching the Magic because uh, he couldn't get any sleep. So it's possible uh, Clifford would be interested in a bench job. Yeah, I agree. And and you know, Paul and I, in case you're unaware of this, are unapologetic, unapologetic University of San Diego homers, and that's why we have such an affinity for Borrego. That's why, mm. in part, why we're so big on the Fizz bandwagon. Um, and, and yeah, that and one died say, out. That one fizzed out. Hey, hey. <laughs> I see Dad what you jokes. did there. I liked. Oh yes, <laughs> nice. we just did a little, a little, a little FaceTime knuckle right there. I love it. You yeah, never no, do that I'm, to me, Paul. I'm, when I'm we do this on FaceTime. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I had half a mind, Dave, to uh, actually exclude Paul from this particular episode since he stepped out on me before and went to a solar panel. I figured it <laughs> maybe would have made you know sense his comeuppance. That's right. But I, I thought you I'd could, be the bigger. You could man. show him up by cheating with me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you put it like that it sounds it sounds a little bit different but yeah yeah it's still yeah, well yeah. but it's it's ballsy if you you know you do it in front of you know to his face and just say look this is what's happening <laughs> instead of just him just showing up and you find out later that he was on solar panel I, I show up here to his house and i go paul go sit over there actually you're, exactly. you're sitting this one out that's you're what i watch that's what i should have done so this is what it's like to get cut <laughs> You're just gonna sit there and watch, Paul. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I like I like the Kokoskov hire. I, I mean, let's just say Igor. How about that? Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like the hire. I mean, he, the, the track record that he has in the NBA, I think, is telling. It's not like he's been an, an assistant that's just floated around for a few years. He's been with a number of teams. He's been there, like we said, for 18 years. Clippers, he won a title with the Pistons back early on in his career. He's with the Suns, obviously, previously. He's with the Cavs, the Magic, uh, and, and of course, with the Jazz, who beat the Rockets tonight. Hmm, that was interesting. Mm. Uh, but The Rockets just missed a ton of shots. So, so, so kind of like Toronto did last night? <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I think um, it'll be an interesting series, that's for sure. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockets win two or three straight. Although this is a Mike D'Antoni team and his teams have always relied on making threes and mm-hmm. we've seen how that happens in the playoffs, how that plays out. Right, sure. And, and you know, at the end of the day, I think as, as Suns fans now, we're rooting a little bit harder for the, I mean, obviously the Rockets have, you've got the D'Antoni connection, you've got, as much as I don't like to say it, you've got the Harden connection with Arizona. Um, so there's some reason Stay to be rooting. You got P.J. Tucker. You got P.J. Tucker. So there's some reason to be rooting for the Rockets as it is. But now the faster the Rockets can finish off the Jazz, <laughs> the faster Igor can get over here and start doing mm-hmm. his work as a Suns head coach. So uh, let's 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 go Rockets. Let's let's pick let's this up. This let's along. make it five games and move it along. Yeah, okay? but also it might not be nice to have him have a little bit as much playoff experience as possible that he can translate over to the Suns. Well, he's had playoff experience in the past. It's not like it's this true. is new to him. So I wonder um, <laughs> the fact that he is has never been a head coach in the NBA. Um, you do have to wonder, and, and he gets credit for developing young guys. 
he's always just been one of a whole staff, just like any coach, mm-hmm, right? right. Um, so you don't know how much credit to give him for how much development Utah has seen for uh, working with Goran, although they say he worked very closely with Goran Dragic and helped him adapt. But how much of that would Goran have done all by himself? You don't know what kind of real impact he had on Luka Doncic over the past summer, um, although he has been given lots of credit. That's probably his best resume point is mm-hmm. making is helping Luka Doncic become a difference maker to win Eurocup. Um, and giving him an opportunity, you know, to, to play successfully and, and to succeed, that's got to be Igor's real calling card right now. And that's why he finally got a head coaching job after 18 years as an assistant, because he was head coach of, uh, Georgia, I believe for a yep. couple yeah. of years before that with, you know, a six modest years. success, six years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, modest success. They did, they did okay, but he didn't have any transcendent players. So he had a tough time winning. Right. Huh kind of sounds like phoenix but um <laughs> so you've got you know we hope to get the slovenian igor but uh we may be stuck with the georgian igor is that uh, that's possible so you can only do so much as coach you need to have talent too uh one of the things that uh you know igor is not going to be able to do is attract any big time free agents who hasn't who haven't played for him right but while watching tonight's game you have to wonder i um Dante Exum is a free agent because they did yeah. not extend him. If he's finally healthy, he's a six foot seven point guard. Yeah. Uh, who could, you know, uh, if you're looking for, I've always um, had a little bit of envy for Golden State having Sean Livingston as their backup point guard mm-hmm. for the last five years. Um, a yeah. big, long point guard who can come in, play some defense, make some shots, and, uh, really give you size in your rotations. Uh, Dante Exum could do that, even if you draft a Doncic. Um, or if you don't draft a Doncic and you take an Aiton. DeAndre Aiton, I'm the first one who said it on this podcast, by the way. Ooh. <laughs> Shit. You got to give me credit for that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put my head down for how a many, moment. How many there. minutes in are we here? That was, uh, that was let's see, we're I about – about Close to 15 minutes in. So that's, that, that yeah, might what be the one of the longest, especially since... I've, you, I've thrown you off your game. We, uh, we, 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 had, we had one. This, the, this entire day has thrown me off my game. We, we, as, as folks who listen, as, as our loyal listeners the, the, might know, the, we, we tend to take the summers off for the most three, part. The yeah. three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the ones and ones of listeners. <laughs> our wives. <laughs> um, your wife listens? Mine doesn't. <laughs> she downloads it. Mine never listens to download. yeah, She downloads. She, my, my wife downloads. She doesn't listen. I hear, I, I, <laughs> but she gives you she gives you clicks. She, I mean, let's think about it. She she has to listen to me all the time anyway, and then right. most people don't need to hear Paul's voice all that nope. much more. So <laughs> definitely hey. not. Um, no, but <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought right there. <laughs> yeah, where were we? We were talking yeah. about the, it took you fifteen minutes. Yeah, to yeah. Get, well, that that yeah. that leads into the uh, one question that I did have because my initial reaction when they hired Igor when it was announced was well. Doncic is now tops on the draft board for the Suns, and maybe he already was. Who knows? But Dave, mm-hmm. what do you th- do? You think that do you think the Igor hiring is going to really have any effect on how the Suns are going to look at the draft? You know, I uh, I would think that. He, uh, well, okay. So first of all, Doncic said he's not going to work out for anybody in the U.S. Right. Did you guys see yeah. that come out? Yeah, too? I saw that n- nice conspiracy drop there of. 
he's not going to work out for anybody. And then his coach gets a job who, yeah. who with yeah, a yeah. team that might have a pick that could easily draft him. But, right. but to, 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 to debunk Paul's conspiracy theory really quickly, and I haven't researched to confirm whether this is all true, but what his agent said was that it's because the pre-draft workouts and everything it, you know, coincide with, with EuroLeague. So he has commitments to the team he's on now, and he's going to sure, continue sure. to fulfill those, which, is, yeah, which no, I think absolutely. is good. And that is a great stage to be on. And really, people don't need to have him in for a workout. And I guarantee that all of the teams around his pick will fly themselves over to Belgrade right. and interview him, if not work him out. Because they're going to want to know what he's made of. They're going to want to get his, their questions answered. Everybody feels like they, they need to have FaceTime. But they just don't have to do a workout. That's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, so it was the only, the only thing is that he's not going to do a tour like every other draft pick has mm-hmm. in the last 15 years. Even, you know, even the most uh, random guys have come over and done you know, workouts for two or three teams. But he doesn't have to. He's sure. playing. So they can go find him. Yeah, and it's one of those situations, and and I mean, I'm, I've been very vocal about my stance on the draft, and I'm all about Aiton, <laughs> and I continue to be all about Aiton. Who do you, who but, do you want to draft? Uh, Aiton, have you heard of him? Who who's that? Is De- it a big Deon- guy? DeAndre Aiton? <laughs> <laughs> played played at the University of Arizona. Kinda seven big. foot with a gigantic wingspan. Looks like a, looks like a tree. Amazing looks athletic like, uh, ability. Yeah, that tree thing from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> so, like Groot. Yeah. Groot. That's also, it. Also, <laughs> he's even got the hair. He kind of does. Mm-hmm. Also, he's he's eighteen, but looks like he's about twenty-seven. Well, at, yeah. At so least. The, the new Greg Oden. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, Greg Oden, Oden looked like he was forty-eight when he got drafted. So. That was unbelievable how old that guy looked. <laughs> How old he looked or how old he truly was. I mean, his knees were about 48, right? So, well, no, yeah, it, no kidding, I think right? a lot of it had to do with one leg was like two inches shorter. So like he... Really? But, yeah. Is that true? Can you imagine trying to slip that through your whole career? You grow to seven some <laughs> feet tall. You're really athletic. And like the doctor notices your foot's a little, you know, your leg's a little bit short, one leg shorter than the other. You know, you, you, you work real hard not to let that one come out. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he was never measured without shoes until he went through <laughs> the draft process. <laughs> That's right. Well, and he, he brought his own shoes. He didn't right. put yeah, exactly. shoes on. They serve an ortho, orthopedic purpose. They do. That's is, right. is that true, though, Paul? I don't know. That's just something Bill Simmons always <laughs> you just says. Made that Seriously? Up? No, Bill Simmons always says it. So I I, well, if Bill Simmons yeah, says oh, it, Bill. it must be true. Is I that your source? Is it is my source. Extreme, but... <laughs> Oh, um, but anyway, see what do, I do, do with think, Dave. Do we fast, think fast. Igor is um, only good for Doncic? Is kind of the question, right? Like, uh, is Doncic kind of the guy you have to draft now that Igor is the coach? Um, I don't know that that's true. I think he's had success with big men as well. Um, so if you if you draft an Aiden, if you draft a Bamba, if you draft anybody, Igor will find a way offensively to get those guys in in a good good place so i am looking forward to seeing how the offense works with igor mm-hmm. but um as you guys said earlier he's got to figure out uh, a defensive coordinator and the suns have been very poor in that regard except for mike longabardi the little five foot one guy mm-hmm. who was on Hornacek's staff and that was the last time the suns had any kind of respectable defense where is he now he's i think he's still with cleveland is he 
I think I know he got hired by uh, Tyron Lue when when David Black got fired right at right as Hornacek was fired. Right. Um, and I think he's still there. I haven't heard anything different. And 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 you know, assuming he is and Paul is not going to look it up right I'm now. Not Jesus. Uh, assuming he is, that seems like a good place <laughs> yeah. to. This seems like a good place to leave this off season, uh, as we all assume LeBron's going to do that. Yeah. Um, so if if Igor's looking to fill out that coaching staff, that might be uh, one of the first calls that he makes. I don't know about that one. I mean, he was, that probably didn't end all that well when he left the Suns. I mean, maybe actually, it was really interesting. I don't know how much you guys remember of twenty thirteen. I mean, I remember that was a situation where like they fired all the assistants and fired. Hornacek, no, right? that was the 2015. Okay. No, I don't or remember. 16. When... That was 26. No, this is uh, when um, Gentry was the coach and oh, they okay. promoted Lindsay Hunter. Oh, yes. And Dan Marley, and they promoted Lindsay Hunter over Dan Marley and Elston Turner in January. Both those guys quit and left, and that's why Marley ended up at GCU instead of staying with the Suns. Kokoskoff was on that coaching staff mm-hmm. as like the third assistant, maybe the second assistant behind Elston Turner um, under um, uh, Gentry that year. And when Hunter got promoted, Lindsey Hunter got promoted, Kokoskoff become the, became the lead assistant. He was the only assistant who stayed to honor his contract. And he said, I have a contract with the Suns. I'm not going to walk out like the other guys did. And he ended up being uh, the erstwhile coach of the team because Lindsey Hunter was not an NBA coach. no. No, he was not. Was not and is not. Well, that's what happens when you have somebody who shouldn't really be a GM picking a coach. Yeah. Lance Lance Blanks. Yeah. Who shot Blanks the whole time, yes. Um, so we've got – I don't know if uh, Longobardi ever really did work with Kokoskov, but I wouldn't – I would hope that he would, out of his 18 years, have a defensive coordinator sure. type that he's worked with that, that he could bring in. Right. That can do some good things. Well, I mean, Dave, you probably know this more, obviously, definitely more than we do. But, I mean, what's Long Longombardi's relationship with the Suns? I mean, just because he his situation wasn't only great. Only, uh, only uh, working with uh, Hornacek. Right, but fired. I mean, he was like he was let go before they fired yeah. Hornacek. So I that mean, was the year, right? If you're talking about Longombardi, that yeah. was the year the Horn- the assistants got let go before Hornacek. Right. So Longombardi and Seesting got fired together in late December and or, or mid January. And then Hornacek got fired a few weeks later. Right. I mean, just from the standpoint of like, if he won party became available, would he even <laughs> want to come back? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't know though, but I, I wouldn't think so. That yeah. seemed like that was a bad deal. Dave, yeah. it's the podcast of optimism. Come on. He's okay, maybe he will. <laughs> maybe he will come back. Sure. Sure. Uh, but no, I think um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if it's if the whole coaching staff is people we never heard. Of. Sure, right. Well, and and yeah, I think because you know, right? You cut out right there, there, like a bunch. Oh, <laughs> say all of that um, again. I know. I was saying you guys were staring at me when I finished, and then we're we're just staring each other down. Um, no, I said that um, none of us really study other NBA coaching staffs, so we have no clue who's actually you – know, this, this is what I think is kind of funny about people's opinions of who should be hired and who should not be. It's based entirely on if they've ever heard of the person before. Right, sure. 
I mean, really one of the bigger reasons Kokoskov is is loved by the fans is because they know his name. Right. Uh, Marley is loved by the fans because they know his name, but we don't know if Dan Marley is any better at coaching in the NBA than any other guy that could have been named. And then James Borrego's name comes out and raise your hand if you ever heard of him before that. Oh, you guys did. Oh, oh, that's right. San Diego State. Sorry. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, easy. I'm just going to say San Diego State just to get on you guys' nerves. Well, mission accomplished, Dave King. Yeah, hang on. Mission <laughs> <accomplished>. <laughs> Sorry, you're no. You, I know you guys had heard of James Brago, Nick Nurse. Mm, have you guys good. heard of much of him? Not much. No, he could very well be better than Coco Scott, but we don't know because we never heard. We never really heard of him before. So, anyway, um, well, and, and, we'll see how it works out. And you know, uh, back to the whole like Lombardi thing, Lombardi. Longabardi, Longabardi, and, and you know, the, actually, the, it was short Barty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a short joke too. I love it. Um, sorry, sorry, and, sorry, Mike. And mm-hmm. the uh, the idea of you know, previously burnt bridges, maybe being able to you know mend those. If Dan Marley, which he has, comes has come out and said, "I'm good with the Suns now." McDonough reached mm-hmm. out. Uh, I think maybe he said Sarver reached out mended that relationship if that relationship a guy who you know is a a legend in phoenix suns lore is uh you know a, a demigod to fans and got wronged by the organization come back and say everything's cool with the organization then that gives me hope yeah probably not that, gonna happen while that mcdonough is still there though that that <laughs> it's possible that somebody like a well, short short well, Gabardi. <laughs> yeah yeah short short party um you know Long, excuse me, Dan Marley was the prior regime that yeah. fired him. So I don't think Dan Marley has any opinion on uh, McDonough. He, I think he probably has a strong opinion of Sarber. Right. Um, it's one thing to come out and say that, hey, Olive Branch and all that stuff, love you guys. It's another to actually take a job at the organization. So sure. I don't know. Um, I, I'd like to see a little bit more on that mending part before I think uh, Marley would really be interested in, in working under Robert Sarber again. So sometimes I know, I always wonder why a player would want to go be a coach of the team that they became a star for. It's just one of those things like all it can do is hurt your legacy with the team and the fans. Right, right. Stay out on top. When you go yeah. out on top, stay there. Yeah. And if you want to become a coach, go coach somewhere else. And although the Colangelo's made a habit of that, didn't they? Uh, yeah. If you're if when the Colangelo's were. So mm-hmm. you've got Danny Ainge, who retired and went into coaching for them before he became the GM of West the Fall. Celtics. Yep. Uh, Westfall was a former player who uh, – Frank Johnson, fourth quarter Frank. He had a short stint. Yes, um, he did. With the team. There's been a couple of others I can't think of at the moment. But, yes, we're uh, – Van Arsdale, I think he coached Suns. at one point. Right. Yeah. I mean, outside of Westfall, though, I mean – None of those guys were like legends for the team. I mean, Marley is. No, that's true. They were Marley's usually up in the rafters. Yeah. Dan Dick right. Van Arsdale was. Uh, he, he coached, that's way he before my time with the Suns. <laughs> that's before you were alive, too. So, and me as well. Hey, finally, something that doesn't make around, us feel too way. old on this podcast. Yeah. It's nice. What'd you say, Dave? Oh, no. I just occasionally see the Van Arsdales walking around. 
um, at the games and stuff. They, uh, they're, they're getting up there, but they're, they're still going strong. Just like Alvin Adams still going strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, as far as, uh, what, as far as the coaching staff, um, it would be nice to get Marley back someday, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you there. I don't. I, well, and plus, he's got he's he's got a good gig going on at GCU right now. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. Take into account the fact that the team just this year was for the first time eligible for any postseason play. They have a, a, a home court environment that I believe it was Calipari has said is one of the top environments he have, he's ever coached in front of. Mm-hmm. in the NCAA, which is saying something from a guy like that. Um, and, you know, I, I see, you, know, you look at, like, Gonzaga, which has always been this little tiny school up in the Northwest that blew up into this huge national powerhouse. I, I'm i not saying that GCU will get to that level, but it's possible. They could. They could very well become the dominant force in that money. conference. They have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And that that campus has become just absurd they have a golf course now which is a nice golf course just it'd be interesting if in they there. if they ended up stealing thunder away from asu well that's why no ASU, pun intended that's why that asu one. won't play them they already did yeah they won't He's play coaching them. them oh yeah yeah <laughs> thunder i need to like yeah put in like no, a didn't they've sh- already stolen a lot of thunder from asu asu you know it's, it's interesting gcu has crazy fans mm-hmm. u of a crazy fans mm-hmm. asu Nah. Yeah, <laughs> college fans, but right, not yeah. crazy, you know. And uh, like U of A, for example, I went to the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas a few weeks ago and gotten up close and personal with DeAndre Aiden as far as watching him several games in a row. I do really like him as the number one pick. Yeah, I have not seen enough of Doncic to know that he should be higher, like Kellen Olson of Arizona Sports thinks. Um, but and a lot of other guys and do. Paul. But I love, I love Aiden. Um, I think he'd be he'll be really really great. But anyway, going there, that stadium was ninety percent full of U of A fans, sure. and they were all of second and third generation, uh, you know, fans. And to have U of A be that rabid, to have GCU young GCU be that rabid, how is it that ASU and and the Suns have such tepid fans? Right. Well, you know, it's it's frankly for me, it's more surprising with ASU just because of where they are, the size of the school, and yep. and and the fact that you know you, you really should be getting. Well, one of the things is they don't have they don't that much success, which is shocking well, to me. Well, they because don't have much success. They yeah. they really need. They should have a lot of its success because if you can get kids to go, trust me, I went to U of A for law school. If you can get eighteen year old kids to go to Tucson, you should be able to get them to go to Tempe. Yeah, <laughs> the big difference is Lou Olson versus, um, right. you know. Whatever ASU's had indoor. over the past 30 yeah. years. Yeah. I think there was right. also And, a, of course, a, now you've got Sean Miller who was paying big bucks. So. Yeah. Not that big. hundred yeah. grand is not that much. Come on. <laughs> and I, I think there was also an issue that ASU is focusing more on the football program let, and then yeah. and let U of A take basketball. It wasn't like ASU was successful with that either, but... (laughs) And and I think part of the thing, when when it comes to professional sports in Phoenix, the Suns, uh, I mean, the Cardinals back in the day, the Diamondbacks, you know, until they've started to get their recent success again, you have so many transplants here. There there really aren't that many locals. There aren't that many natives. 
I like that's to proudly true. say that tons I'm a of native, locals in but... Tucson. Tucson is mostly locals. Right. That's true. Exactly. Um, that still doesn't explain GCU, but that's good G- for G- them. That's money. There's I, there's some stuff there. I've also I've also <laughs> heard that GCU gives like students like class credits yeah, for going exactly. to games. I really yeah. Well, then you can get extra. Like, you can get extra, extra credit. You can get courses. Yeah, and they they. <laughs> Because they're for profit, they can incentivize the teachers to provide that um, like extra credit oh, okay. for going to the okay. games, which started the sure. process. And then it just became a thing that like it's crazy. Like they have like they have those like, um, you know, how like, Kentucky has that night where like everybody like stays up like all night. Yeah. Midnight, Midnight yeah. Madness. Midnight Madness. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. GCU does something similar and it's like insane. Like I was on campus over there doing some recruiting for my company and there were kids parked out in tents at like like two days in advance to get a good spot. I would also Jesus. like to, I'd like to take a moment to welcome everybody to the first ever GCU <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so. So Igor Kokoskov, banning the lopes. Um, what about in in terms of D- D- Dave? And, and again, not to not to get off of our main topic of GCU, <laughs> but uh, getting back to Igor, <laughs> are are there any players on the roster as it stands right now that you think are really going to, uh, you know, based on the knowledge you have about Kokoskov? Have a, have a particular level of benefit from him being hired as the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. Well, of course, I'd really love to say that uh, he could have a big influence on Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to say that he could find. I mean, see, the thing is, he hasn't been a head coach, right. so you don't know how much credit to give him for the Jazz. You don't know how much credit to give him for his time with the Cavaliers, for his time with the Suns before that. You just don't. Um, the players really think he's great, uh, and he's had gotten a lot of kudos since being hired today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he got compliments from uh, Steve Nash and uh, Marcin Gortat for the first time in, in a while. You know, the, the team did for doing that hire, so especially Marcin. Yeah. Um, so you've got, you know, you've got people who are really in Kokosko's corner, but you don't know if that's just because he's a great guy and you want somebody to have an you know, opportunity. Kind of like every Everybody really builds up, and I, I, this is probably a bad analogy, and I apologize in advance to Igor, but you hear a ton of compliments about that G League player that comes up to the team on a, on a random night and scores 15 points, and all the players on the team think he's always oh, so great. He's always deserved a shot in the NBA. He's always he's going to be a player for the next 10 years. He's really good. And then the 10-day contract is up, and you never hear from the kid again, right? right? I don't know uh, where, if, you know, what kind of, coach we have in Igor until we see him actually coach. Uh, one of the big concerns that I would have isn't necessarily player development and getting along with players. I think he's going to be probably, um, and I love Jeff Hornacek and um, all, you know, all, all kudos to him, but he's probably going to be end up being, being better than Hornacek. Um, but where his, his limitations might come is disciplining the players and holding them accountable because he's never been the head guy. Now, He's been the head guy for university. Oh, so geez, GCU from the country of Georgia. He's been the head guy for the country of Georgia, and he's been the head guy for Slovenia. So he has figured out that you know, as a head coach, you have to get accountability. Those are for national teams who only play a dozen games mm-hmm. in a summer, and they're all committed to doing the best they possibly can. 
So I'm not sure that translates to NBA um, self-entitled, I make five times the money you do, coach, why are you telling me what to do? I'm not sure if that translates. And so what we saw with Jeff Hornacek was it worked great for a year. Great. Everyone mm-hmm. loved him. They wanted to do whatever he said. But then as soon as it got a little less fun, they listened to him a little bit less and less and less and less. And pretty soon he lost the locker room. I'm not saying that'll happen to Igor, but you just don't know yet. Right. Um, you just don't know. And he's not known as a guy who's uh, holds people accountable. He's known as a guy who builds them up and develops them. So we'll see. Yeah, well, and, and, you know, I think to a certain extent, a young team needs somebody that's going to build them up, but obviously only to a certain degree. You don't need another Earl Watson. It's like, we don't need just, Earl Watson. You, let's love that's each right. other and do yoga and all that stuff. And I, but I, I think, I, I think uh, what Hornacek did was great in that he put mm-hmm. them in position to succeed so that they had no reason to complain for the first year, right? right. And so we might see that kind of effect with Igor, and I would love that. Um, but you got to get a point guard. <laughs> who can yeah. who can lead the team if you're going to expect something like that? Yeah, I mean, so did, is it Doncic? You know, another another reunion that would be kind of fun. Sorry, uh, but how about Goran Dragic? Wouldn't that be great to recreate the Slovenia national team? Right, <laughs> but here? draft Doncic and trade for Dragic. <laughs> yep, if Miami's going to do a rebuild so they can get back up there instead of giving us a really high 2021 pick, um, you know, trade Dragic back. That'd be kind of fun, wouldn't it? I, 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 I just don't I, – it would be interesting. I'd love to have Dragic back, um, but at the same time, would, would that put Jackson at the four? Oh, if you did, Doncic, Dragic, you'd have to trade Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Well, then yeah. let's go back to what the, 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 the more uh, reasonable and perhaps uh, – beneficial approach would be draft Aiton and then trade for <laughs> Dragic. Right. Yeah. And now, then, then, now you're, then you're cooking with fire. Yeah. I mean, I probably, I mean, from the standpoint of having that bridge to the players who one knows Igor from working with him and being coached by him also has a veteran presence, but is still productive. Unlike the veterans that the Suns currently have. Yeah. Right. And is at a strong position to keep the team under control on the court. That would be an awesome move from that standpoint. Right. If you're looking for a veteran who's going to help you get to the 40, 45 wins right away, um, you could do that. And and Gorn would be that kind of veteran who could run Kokoskov's offense uh, for sure. So it could be kind of fun. but. This is this is a stretch. It's much more likely that they they have Doncic come to them in the draft than they do to trade for Dragic. But I just thought I'd throw that out there. Sure. Now, and, and on a bit of a tangent, speaking of productive veterans, Paul Paul shared this with me today. So I don't know if it's true or if it's just something he made up again. But apparently, Dudley said that he wants to play in the league for four more years. Is there any way really? that Dudley can play yeah, he, in the league for four more years? Did he really say that? He, he yeah, he tweeted it today. He wants to get to fifteen. Wow! I mean, if he's doing that, that means he's taking minimum deals. Like I can't Dude, see him really. Yeah, I love Dudley, but he might have to pay teams to he let him be on the roster. He is washed up. Yeah. He is so washed up. Um, yeah, I don't think he's a productive. I think he can, like in little spurts, he can make a little bit of a difference. 
but he is the epitome of like player's coach where right. if you have a lot of injuries, you put him in a, you put a you know, uniform on him and you make him active. I mean, but otherwise he's in a suit on the bench. I don't know, man. I feel, I mean, I, I know Jared, he might be listening to this and, <laughs> and I feel I bad if, one, if he takes offense to this, but, um, but man, I don't think he's got two years left, let alone four. Right. I, I, I would agree. And that's not just because he made me lose a bet last year and didn't dunk. That's <laughs> totally water under the bridge. Dude, totally that, water that, guy, the bridge. that guy wouldn't dunk in, in, in a weekend at, you know, LA Fitness pickup game. <laughs> if he was playing against There's me, no he dunk probably left would. There's no dunk left in that, dude. If, if it was, you know, if he had a trampoline. <laughs> Nine-foot rim, maybe. Nine foot rim and a trip and yeah. a trampoline. I don't know. I mean, Igor does need to fill out his staff. Just throwing it out there, right? No, no. I'm much more. You know what? I would love to see that. Be it'd be fun, and it would be probably tragic. Um, uh, but it would be fun to see Tyson Chandler, Jared Dudley in suits on the bench on Igor's staff. <laughs> I would. I, I. I would be all for that because I think that yeah. you know that's that's where those guys really bring value to the team at this point is the mentorship of the young players. And I mean, especially let's go back talking about the draft If the Suns were to go with who they should go with. If they have the opportunity, that being Deandre Ayton, I can't think of a better guy to mentor Deandre Ayton than a Tyson Chandler, especially when, when you look at what people say about Ayton and his game, the one deficiency that always comes up is defense. That's true. But here, let me throw this out. Um, I don't know if you guys read Brightside at all today, but we got a free uh, scouting report from a, from the guy Wes Brown on Mo Bamba. And, on Mo Bamba, <laughs> and the comp that he made was Tyson Chandler about Mo Bamba. So if the Suns actually drop into the three four range and Doncic and Aiden are gone, or they just fall out of um, in love of them, um, Mo Bamba with Tyson Chandler as his coach. That could be pretty dynamic. Yeah, I, I uh, my my only concern about <laughs> I know that you love Aiden so much. Bomba looks terrible, but you know, no. I mean, my, my only good. concern about that is it's just it took how many years for Tyson Chandler to become Tyson Chandler, and how many teams about did he five bounce? or six? Yeah, exactly. You don't have five or six years to get a defense. Yeah, but Tyson Chandler didn't have Tyson Chandler. This is true. He coach. had Eddie Curry, <laughs> right? Eddie Curry. <laughs> Was he so it might Curry be was what number that, two pick? Is that right? I yeah, can't. Remember. I he think, was so. I think they were. I think they were consecutive drafts, and they were. I think they were. I think both they were the same two. draft. They just what? had. To, yeah, I think they were the same draft. Had two picks in like the top five, and they drafted Curry and Chandler. I think. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, they were both top five. They might have been both top three. That's for sure. And they were both about the same age. Um, they were basically the last duo like that until Embiid and Simmons this past year, you know, where they're, they're both young and, uh, pretty much, you know, pretty much rookies cause they were both Embiid had half a year and Simmons had no time. So they were both basically rookies this year. That was, I think Curry and Chandler were the last time somebody really successfully did that. Of course, the Suns tried it with a couple of big guys, but, you know, I'm not talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Curry and Chandler were the same draft. Chandler went two. Curry went four. Chandler was drafted by the Clippers, okay. but traded to Chicago. That's interesting. Um, but oh, that was the... Was that the... Uh, 
That was that Elton Brand? No, Elton Brand was Philadelphia. Never mind. Never mind. Um, but no, uh, that might have been the Elton Brand trade. The, 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 but back to Bomba, I, I I watched him play some, so I, I should say this is with the caveat that I haven't exactly done a lot of studying of his game. But he just doesn't move the needle for me. I mean, if if the Suns fall and and we're saying that a uh, Aiton and Doncic are not going to be options for them. The next guy that hops up for me is Jaron Jackson. Uh, and and I, you know, I even say that ahead that of Bagley. I asked, I, I asked that scout, Wes Brown, to do a scouting report on Jaron Jackson next because people were making that comp in the comments. Mm-hmm. And he laughed and said, there's not nearly enough minutes. He didn't play nearly enough minutes to do a real scouting report that a professional scout would feel comfortable with. Now, of course, this guy is a free agent kind of scout uh, who worked in the G league. So, you know, obviously scouts are going to do their work right. on Jaron Jackson, but uh, basically he's, you know, he was saying a, that he would draft Bomba over Jackson and B um, Jackson didn't play enough minutes. And that just scares the heck out of me. And I saw Jackson on a couple of games in the, in the NCAA tournament. And he looked basically like uh, not much different than Marquise Chris to me. So, ooh. I'm personally pretty big on uh, Bagley as that next option. If we don't, just because I mean he's he's got that front court scoring mentality that could definitely yeah. help balance the offense and can rebound. And he's just he's hustle, hustle yeah. for days. No, he's definitely he's he's like a power forward version of Josh Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do players scare me though? Yeah, it's the only thing. I mean Kyrie, sure, but what if you get the next Grand Christ- Hill? Christian Leitner mm-hmm. or? Okay, Grant Hill, sure, fine. Okafer, <laughs> he's healthy. Jaleel, Jahil, Jahil, Jahil. Well, Jaleel Okafer was literally a one-dimensional old-school power forward. I mean, Bagley. I think that's got, everybody's like, fear with a no-defense, high-stats um, college player these mm-hmm. days, and I think that actually is kind of hurting Bagley a little bit. Um, not directly, like not consciously necessarily, but people don't like the fact that Bagley doesn't really have a defensive position. Um, and they're worried that he's he's just the guy who's going to get you twenty and ten or ten and you know or fifteen and eight, but not really give you anything on the defensive end. I don't know. I, I I think he's got a lot of athleticism and he could be really good. Just because he doesn't block shots doesn't mean he's not athletic. Right. And I mean, I and also look I, at. Him. I think he could be very good. I also look at him like comparing him to like Jaleel Okafor. I mean, Okafor didn't hustle in my in my memory of him when he was at Duke, nope. whereas Bagley, and he clearly doesn't do that in the NBA either, but Bagley will do that in the NBA. He did that in college, and that's something that will help him overcome some of that deficiency, I think. And we're also looking at an NBA where everybody talks about we're going positionless basketball, so like – he doesn't have a position. That's fine. He's a front court guy. That's it. Yeah, you just need him to be able to defend actual other players, though. And I think we mix it up with whether he has a position or whether he can defend a position. He's got to be able to defend these guys. And um, so, and I think he'll be fine. It's just that that is a question mark that people have. Sure. For for me, for me, this draft. If the Suns take Aiton and somehow manage to whether it be by trade, whether you false them, end up with um, Shai Gildress Alexander, I'd be very happy. Oh, yeah. I loved watching him in the uh, 
in the tournament exactly um and i think uh yeah he's basically if you don't get him then you go for a dante exum or something like that who's coming off that injury so they're basically the same profile can't really shoot that well but um they're fast and they can get in the paint and they can pass uh, and they can defend sure so i think the suns do need someone like that you've got to put some defense around devin booker yep i agreed you make a make a run at rogier <laughs> and it's going to cost you. Yeah, an arm the and thing leg, is, but... he's under contract, so I don't, right. I don't know. Why, I don't. I think we should stop worrying about him because I've heard a lot of people mention that, not just you. And, and there's no reason the Celtics would trade him, even if Kyrie Irving's coming back. Well, they don't give a crap. They right. didn't trade him when Kyrie Irving was coming in. Right. So yeah, why, it sounds like he's pretty untouchable over there anyway. Yeah, but I think uh, who is obviously available is the other guy, Smart. Right. Yeah. But I'm not sure I want a career 30-some percent shooter as my 20 million a year right. guy. Right. I don't want offense being four on five. Just because right. he, his defense is good, but, I mean, there's even, like, Tony Allen and, like, Patrick Beverly, those guys who were, like, really known for their defense, they could still at least hit a corner three just to kind of keep guys honest and, like, run an right. offense smart all he does is play defense. It's like he doesn't even try to shoot. Yeah, I think he's like the uh, bigger, bullier version of Eric Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. Where he can actually play the defense that everyone said Eric Bledsoe could play but didn't. Uh, he's bigger, but he can't really see the floor that well, and he can't shoot. Um, and he has actually um, um, a worse finishing game than Bledsoe did around mm-hmm. the basket. So. In some ways, he's better. In some, t- some ways, he's worse. But I don't think he's much different overall than Eric Bledsoe. Sure. We've already played that one. I, I, I would agree. And, and you know, I'd, I'd like to point out that Bledsoe's overall game started to decline after he blocked me on Twitter. I'm not saying it's directly correlated, but it's there. It's gotta, there's got to be a correlation. Thank you, Dave. Actually, you know, and for, me, and for me, Isaiah Thomas's career took off after he blocked me oh, on Twitter. See, it's a, it's a little, little opposite w- effect. Woj's yeah. career hasn't changed at all after he blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get Woj to block? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to know. Um, all right. Well, I thought he did at one point block me or at least whatever because I was like seeing other people, people a couple of years ago. I was seeing other people retweet him, but I never saw his original tweets. I'm like, what the heck? And then I just did some research, and it's really basically that everyone else is so fast to retweet that guy that, of course, his original tweet would just bury down the timeline 100, <laughs> 100 spots before I got to it, you know, uh, in Twitter. So, no, he hadn't blocked me, but I, I had a fear that he had blocked me. Yeah, if he, me if he blocked you, you get the retweet with the uh, just there's no tweet available. You don't even oh, get to see his tweet. Oh, you know that very well. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's all over my timeline, yeah. I, the, very, the, very well. The Fan okay. the Flames uh, Twitter account was originally my burner account, so I could just follow Woj. <laughs> <laughs> I had it set for notifications, and, so I wasn't going to check it any other reason. Oh, and now it pretty dude, much serves now, the same purpose yeah, still. pretty much. But, but now he knows, so he's going to block Fan in the Flames. Uh-oh. Because you know he listens. <laughs> He's like, I know this Paul guy. I need to block this other account. He does the Fanning well. the Flames podcast. <laughs> Listen to it every couple weeks. <laughs> when we got when I found out that Bledsoe blocked me, I was like, good, we can use this as content and we can get, 
And people started like tweeting at him, be like, "Hey, unblock this guy!" And then he got traded like two weeks later. I was like, "Well, there goes <laughs> that. There's no more fun there." So, oh, maybe that's why he said, "I don't want to be here." It could because be. he didn't want to be looking he, at his Twitter feed with people telling him to unblock you. He was so <laughs> he just got fed up with those seven tweets at him about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was that was the, the, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's those, back. Those ones of tweets, yes, he was exactly. Sitting there at the hair salon that day, saw that tweet come through. Was like, damn He's it, this is it. Got another one. I'm I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Forget Phoenix. I'm out of here. Uh, yeah, I think the reason I originally got blocked by Isaiah Thomas, I got blocked. Uh, when he was here that half season mm-hmm. um, and I was I was the unfortunate idiot who um, didn't realize it was really rude to tag players while tweeting live <laughs> because you don't know what you just tweeted five seconds after you tweeted it you were just reacting right. to the live game right and I was calling him and Gerald Green um, oh shoot I had a nickname for that second unit but I was, you know, occasionally really happy with this play, but occasionally going, really, he took that shot? I right. can't believe he just took that shot, you know. Uh, so, oh, the chuck wagon, that's what I was calling <laughs> the second unit. It makes a lot of sense, actually. It makes a um, lot of sense. And I was soon uh, blocked. <laughs> so. Look at that. So we never we've, unblocked. So I, actually, I, I actually wondered if I should try to start a campaign after he got traded to get unblocked, but then I figured there was no point. It's use, It's useless at that point. Definitely, definitely. So let's see. We've covered Igor Koskov. We've covered GCU basketball. We've covered getting, blo- basketball. getting blocked by, by NBA players. And I think perhaps after this particular podcast, the three of us might be blocked by Jared Dudley in the not too distant future. So we got that going for us. Um, well, I, I think we're I think we're running to the point where we could probably call it an evening. Uh, Getting a little tired myself. We we do these late night for some ungodly reason, but at any rate, Dave, any last thoughts, comments, anything like that? Uh, just I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, the draft and free agency go because now that we know who the coach is, it's going to be really kind of anticlimactic to see how he fills out his staff because, like we said a little bit earlier, we probably won't recognize most of the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the draft workouts will happen, and those are kind of – the Suns have a lot of have plenty of picks, so there will be a lot of guys in for draft workouts. So that'll be uh, big during the month of May and June. But really, it's more of the same, and it all depends on where the Suns get. So the the actually the lottery is about the only interesting night between now and the draft, right? In thirteen days, not that we're counting. You looked at your watch and said thirteen days. Well, I had to check what, what day you have it a is. Date? No, oh, okay. There's a time. There's a countdown. Yeah. <laughs> Paul and I, sing, running, Paul and I synchronize our clock. watches for when the next time our hearts will be broken uh, <laughs> is going to occur. Yeah. We, we we had discussed doing a live pod of that so we could actually uh, react to it in real so time. So you could record your reactions of the sun picking forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't Except know. Unfortunately, I'm going to be out of town, and I don't know if that level oh. of profanity is allowed on on Bright Side of the Sun. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of editing for Justin. Yeah, I, I don't have that much time in my hands. Uh, so, Paul, Paul, what about you, man? Any last thoughts, comments, anything like that? Uh, no, I'm kind of looking for. Uh, what are you doing over here? Stuff. This guy's over here on IMDb, and I've been paying attention to us, Dave. This is what I deal with. <laughs> 
Yeah. Sorry. I've been dominating. Sorry about that. Summer league. I'll be interested because usually when you get like a new coach, they tend to, I've seen a lot, they'll tend to run the team. So it'll be interesting to see what he starts to put, put in set wise and whatnot, and just get that first feel of what we can expect from him as a coach. So it's a little selfish of me, but I'm always wish I'm, I'm, I'm actually not wanting the Suns to draft Doncic because I know he won't play in summer league. Yeah. And I want that top draft pick to be there. Yep. I, I, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you. Summer league last year was a good time. We, you go, we going again, Paul? Um, we got to talk about it. I want to, I'm going, I don't care if he goes. <laughs> you got to ask your boss. Yeah. You got to get yeah. budget approval. <laughs> budget approval exactly just don't yeah, gamble dude you're fine <laughs> you can just make all of your costs back by gambling that's the alternative well maybe we'll run into our friends again oh jesus <laughs> we'll, tear, we'll share that we'll share that story off air uh dave you going to summer league obviously again this year yeah i might yeah i might uh we'll have to see it depends on uh what players are there and stuff like that it was a, old enough to it drink yet? last year because i went opening opening weekend and we were supposed to get like uh tickets on our credentials Mm -hmm. um but i but they ran out like there was only so many sb nation had and uh so i we were only able to claim one day and i claimed like sunday and i was thinking oh well i can easily scalp i can pay 35 bucks whatever get in for the whole day on friday saturday i'm not i have a job no big deal oh no that's oh i know what i did is i gave my uh credential to evan right uh because he's only 20 and so i didn't have a credential to get free tickets until sunday um but anyway the freaking thing was sold out if you guys i don't know if you guys remember from the opening weekend were you there this past yeah, yeah. did we hook up we saw each other yeah, yeah. Night, yeah. Right? the first what two days first day or first, first day days? first day first day because i had to i had to scalp off the street and pay 50 bucks instead of the face value of 35 or whatever to get in that freaking well, day because all the I damn laker fans hours. there yeah right and then saturday was completely sold out and scalping would have been 100 so i fucked that so i was at, oh excuse my language sorry fans um but i was <laughs> you're the I editor dude whatever <laughs> <laughs> um so hoping hopefully this year well i know for sure i'm not going to give up my credential this year to evan he can suck it um, <laughs> Is he and old enough I'm to going drink this to whatever year? I want to go to this this year. <laughs> I, I like that approach. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, no, last year was fun. We went what Friday and Sunday, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, fr- Sunday was definitely a lot easier to get into. Yeah, Sunday was. Lake, yeah. I think it was the Lakers off day because the Lakers were not playing. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And then yeah, Friday was a cluster because it was packed. Saturday mm-hmm. we didn't bother trying. We're like we're gonna we're gonna hang up by the pool and gamble. It wasn't worth trying. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not yeah, and I, yeah. Were the, I don't think were the Suns even playing that Saturday. No, That's why we didn't. Yeah, they weren't even yeah. playing Saturday. They were playing Friday and, and Monday. Yeah, or Sunday. I mean Sunday. Friday and Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So all right. Well, look, there's something for uh, the ones yeah, and ones of listeners. Yeah, since I won't be on here of, again for uh, another couple of years, um, it's good we talked about the entire off season all in the last five minutes. Eh? That was good. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all set. I, I, yeah, we don't need to talk for at least two more years. I think we're set. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. Sweet. We'll talk when when Igor is fired. <laughs> well, see, the next podcast is literally gonna be forty five minutes of us weeping. Of <laughs> you what? Weeping, just weeping just, over just, the over the lottery. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then the one exactly. after that will probably be us in Vegas, and that probably isn't gonna be useful because we'll just be you know suffering from severe hangovers, mumbling, but, yeah, and all exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. We don't know what happened. Uh, was, you know, so let's 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 make a pact. 
uh, we will. You'll have me on again when Igor gets fired. All right. All right. Hopefully, hopefully that's, two years. hopefully that's a very long time, and after a few few titles. Podcast of under, optimism. So you guys are going over on the hundred games as Suns coach. <laughs> over a hundred games as Suns coach. I'll go <laughs> over. You guys will take the over. I I'll think I can over. go over a, a season and a quarter. Yeah. Season and a quarter. Oh, you mean like that's not a hundred games in a season and a quarter? <laughs> that's not what you're saying, right? I'm saying. No, I'm saying. Are you taking the over on a hundred games with him as Suns coach? I will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant a hundred. I thought you meant like wins. No games. Yeah, a season and a quarter. Okay. Yeah, no, I'll take the over on that too. I'll okay, take. The, I'll take the over on hundred wins the, what's the too. Bet? What's the bet? Is uh, you guys pay all my expenses on Vegas weekend Ooh. of summer league? If okay, Ooh, I like this actually. <laughs> real real stakes. So if <laughs> no no, but if I lose. I buy you Taco Bell. As much Taco Bell as I want. At nope. the Taco Bell that sells alcohol <laughs> in Vegas? My choice off the, off the menu. <laughs> uh, no, no, seriously. Um, the only reason I would say Kokoskov would be fired uh, in less time is if, if uh, McDonough got fired. Mm-hmm. That's that's and, that's and, logic. And some new GM talked Sarver into eating the cheap contract they're signing. They're signing Igor to. Do we know it's cheap though? Oh, I would. I would be willing to bet my. Uh, uh, well, no, I won't bet anything serious. But um, <laughs> I would definitely be willing to bet that his salary will be very close to the league minimum of any coach in the NBA. That's their motto. That's the. That's what the Suns do. Well, we lost Dave there, so uh seemed though like an appropriate ending point. He ended on emphatic note. So as always, we will say thank you very much for listening to our ones and ones of fans out there. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at so says Jay and Paul. At Dervish of Whirl. And our special guest this week, Dave King, is at Dave King NBA. Uh, even though he's not with us right now, we'd like to thank Dave for joining us. It was fun. It was enjoyable. It was insightful. And until next time, folks, depending on when you're listening, have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape.